Welcome into episode 50 of the Level Flight Podcast. My name is Connor. Today I'm going to be joined by Brian and Elliot as well. And before we get into anything, 50 episodes, I mean, that is just unbelievable. And we could not be more thankful for your guys' support. This wouldn't be possible without listeners. And we are just so incredibly thankful. So thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoy episode 50. Now, the two things to note from Rick Bonus speaking today is that Gabriel Velarde has a sprained MCL and he'll be out four to six weeks. And Mason Appleton is a game time decision for Thursday night's game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Outside of that, we covered a lot in this episode, so stick with us and enjoy episode 50. This is Danny Jolkin, and you're listening to the Level Flight Podcast. Welcome into episode 50 of the Level Flight Podcast. I can't believe we made it. Episode 50. We got the full crew. We got Brian and Elliot. Fellas, how are we doing? We should have had like the uh like the the poppers and uh, yeah. like the yeah. party whistles and everything. Okay. But then again, I would have been kicked out of my apartment have, having not been here in <laughs> for, for any more than a couple weeks. So you win some, you lose some. Yeah. He just so moved is- in. Now it's time to move out. See ya. Yeah, get <laughs> evicted. Um, no, this is great. Want to thank everybody for listening. Oh, of um, course. Yeah, it wouldn't happen without all of y'all. So we thank you, and we'll keep. Hopefully, we get to a different milestone number. Hopefully, this isn't yeah. done at fifty. Yeah, let's <laughs> peaked let's, downhill now. Let's, let's double it. Let's double it. <laughs> um, double it and give it to someone else. <laughs> those videos are great. Um, no, but Elliot's right. I mean, this wouldn't be possible without people listening to us and giving us the opportunity to talk about the Jets. So thank you. And we want we wanted to kind of reminisce on the past 50 episodes and talk. And I'll I'll start by saying, like, I have most notably my mom. Shout out my mom. Um, but she basically always talks about how bad we sounded on episode one, like how unsure of ourselves and how unconfident we sounded um and how far we've come since then and how much better the podcast is now but we started and that was that was all that mattered right as we started is episode one and we've come a long way 50 episodes i mean here we are um it's been a blast but i i wanted to talk about episode one specifically because that was quite something brian i don't know which episode it was and i i was joking about it in the pre-show before we started recording yeah as frustrating as it was i don't recall having as much fun as i did than when we were recording and your internet was in a bad place uh and you kept getting dropped in the middle of a conversation yeah like elliot just did oh my goodness (laughs) the timing on that oh my god i thought he was just smiling because he got a kick out of the (laughs) Elliot was frozen for like a minute for people who are on podcast and not watching on YouTube. And I, yeah, I thought he was just smiling because it's, you know, episode 50 and he's just having a blast. No, 
gone. Oh, See ya. Boy, we're this is we've already got a packed episode. We do not have the ability <laughs> to account for internet issues. Hey, you just said how much you low key enjoyed it. Um, when my when my internet was, was like awful. No, I, was... I don't remember what episode that was, but that was a lot of fun. That was I think pre trade deadline or something, but it was just you and me. Yeah, because we kept we had like four topics, and I would have like eight minutes of of bandwidth before my internet would go and I, it was always a race to finish the topic before i left another one i think it was it was definitely early on oh he's back he's back <laughs> he just brian just talked about uh how one of his favorite moments was me always lagging out of the one episode we did and, and then you yeah. you <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's I don't know what it is today, um, but uh, yeah, I'm having some internet issues. So hopefully, hopefully it can stop so that we can. <laughs> stop. It's just all, all of the all of the things for episode 50 are going to come out. So all the all the mistakes, all the slander, right. all the all the We're internet issues. Now. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just everything that's happened in the last 50 episodes is all just going to happen in one episode. Or I guess 49 previous. But there you yeah. go. Yeah. I, Brian talked about the internet issues. There was also one episode we were in studio. Also, that was a time itself mm -hmm. oh, was when we were no in video. studio. I think, yeah, I think we got to go back to that for one episode in the future here just to, for old time's sake. But yeah. we were in the studio and I remember we could not control ourselves laughing wise i don't know what episode this was but there was a good five minutes where one of us would say something and we would just laugh for a minute and then say another thing and laugh for another minute and it's like this is not good podcast podcast content i think that was like, near just... the end of the semester and we were all just like very yeah. tired um but i also remember yeah. how there was like a solid five episode stretch where somehow Elliot would weasel in some sort of Winnipeg high school basketball reference. <laughs> yeah. We're like talking about yeah. the Leafs and Canadians. And he goes, you know what this reminds me of? Dakota. <laughs> well, I, I've got the jersey. I know. <laughs> if if, you, wanna, if you want to do that. Um, yeah. Sorry. We're going to unprofessionally just move my camera. Um, <laughs> see, we're already off the rails and we're five minutes yeah. in. Uh, yeah, this is what happens good. when you have internet issues. Um we're not cutting this out. There's no way. We can't. No, we're not. Everything stays in. Um, no, we've had some really good moments. We've had some really good laughs. Um, the one that people keep bugging me about is the Logan Stanley thing. But yeah, that, that, that I will never <laughs> live that down. Uh, Logan, uh, before you leave town, um, if you still want to have that race, we can. I know I'm going <laughs> to lose, but. Yeah. The Logan Stanley thing. It doesn't even have to be explained what it was. No. We, it, we just know. It's just, yeah. Oh, just boy. is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've we've had a, a blast doing this. It's been so much fun. And all three of us are back. You know, the summer was dicey. We were pretty busy. The first couple of weeks of school, Brian was moving into his fancy new apartment. Um, fancy? Ooh. Very fancy. Very fancy. From from what I see on the backdrop there. Looks very fancy. It also, it looks like I'm literally like in the clouds with how yeah. bright it is outside yeah. but it's also You're not a high sun, rise there. yeah if you can count <laughs> the sixth floor as a high rise <laughs> yeah brian's really in like vancouver and in, in like some massive i've never been in winnipeg time. yeah never um no but it's it's been an absolute blast and i can't wait to keep going elliot is frozen again so 
I'm just going to stop talking before he just bolts out of here. <laughs> no, I, I think we keep going because we've acknowledged it already. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good call. No, what we want to do. Think... Go ahead. Go ahead. Before I. No, I, th- I think we what we've what we've accomplished in the first 50 is beyond what we could have possibly imagined. And we thought this was just going to be a fun little thing we did on the side. And if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, it wasn't going to be the biggest thing if we dropped it. Um, But we're 50 episodes in. It's essentially growing every time we release an episode. Uh, And I'm thinking maybe for episode 100, um, we'll go through and we'll find clips and we'll have a clip show. Yeah. Uh, of so. the the first 100 episodes, like a best of. A montage. Yeah, that's a great call. That is a great call. Um, oh. Yeah, Elliot left again. His Wi-Fi is going to give him issues. I think he said he's switching to his laptop, so hopefully that, that fixes things. Um, while he's getting back in here, I'll just preview the episode. We're going to rank our top five goal songs. There's a lot around the Jets, but we want to start with something lighthearted off the bat, episode 50. Um, We loved doing that last year, so let's do it again. Then we're going to get into the games. And then at the end, we're going to get into Gabriel Velarde went down with an injury against LA. We're going to get into the fact that there was 11,200 people in the building last night for what's been a hyped-up game for months um, and our thoughts on that. And that's that'll be episode 50. Um, yeah, until Elliot gets back in here... Um, Maybe we'll we'll take a break and hear a word from our sponsors and get into the DraftKings message, get that out of the way. Um, and then we will come back with ranking our top five goal songs. We're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away with an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY or 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas... 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario see dkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources uh, are there for your availability Uh, bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply and welcome back into episode five zero of the level flight podcast Elliot's back He's yep. switching it up. He's uh, yep. he's he's figured out the Wi-Fi issues for now. Yeah, no, no more. Not no. We're staying in. We've got lots to talk about, so we don't have any time for any of this. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And we wanted to start with the goal songs. That was really fun last year. We're gonna rank them. We're gonna go five through one, and we're gonna each gonna say our fifth, and then each say our fourth, all the way down the list. Um, it's kind of more fun that way, revealing it one by one. Let's start with Brian. What is your fifth 
song on your top five goal songs? All right. So I kind of cheated uh, here and I did two players, but I did both goalies at number five. Okay. Yeah, uh, because fair. I'm sorry, a goaltending tandem of Gangnam Style and Rasputin. That's that's good. I I like Rasputin. I'm not a fan of Gangnam Style. Like I know it's like a meme now, but I just listen. You had like to be so older popular. when you when you when it was released. I guess yeah. That was a fen- a social phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, fair. I just found it so random. Hello, Buck came up to Gangnam Style. I guess. Yeah. Goalies are weird. Listen, I hope that random. both of them score this year. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't Elliot, what's your well? People oh, yeah, were saying online that it probably isn't having to do anything with them scoring, it'll have to do with like their it'll that's a technically their shutout song, I think. Maybe, yeah, which I think is more viable. There's, I'm sorry, as much as like if Connor Hallbrook was gonna score, he should have scored against Florida, he had an open net. There was an empty net, and he could have shot it, and he didn't. So, or when um, they make like a big save or something. Uh, oh yeah, they'll, they'll, I think they'll find a way to mix them in for sure. Yeah, yeah. Which is a little weird, but uh, okay. So at number five for me, I'm going with Ain't No Mountain High Enough for March. Okay. Trevor. Yeah. Um. So it, Classic, I will make this yeah. very clear. This top five was not easy to make. Um. But not because there were so many good choices um for the flip opposite wow um but we'll we'll all mention it later i think there's been a downgrade so my initial reaction was that was that it was a downgrade but i've kind of grown on the list a little bit um my number five is actually the exact same it's ain't no mountain high enough this one doesn't sound as good in the arena as i would think but i just i it's such a classic song i just didn't really feel like leaving it off the list so we're also uh, probably going to hear it a lot. So yes, exactly. Because at this rate, we're probably really going to be hearing it a lot. <laughs> also, ain't no mountain high enough. Doesn't sound good in the arena when they're losing five nothing and Shifley scores with a minute left to oh. like six thousand people because everyone's left for the exits. Yeah. Anyways, well, um, the, that's the not com- a good time. The to comedic, hear a, well, a beat song. <laughs> well, but the the comedic timing of that too. Like if yeah. he scores and they're down like. If it's if if he scored and it was three nothing and he made it three one like early in the third like ain't no mountain high enough kind of is like a hey we're only down two like we can get it but it's like a minute left or, rally the troops <laughs> yeah <laughs> with a minute left let's rally the troops and let's just get her going like no yeah. that's not no. that's not how that's rolling yeah so Elliot and I both with ain't no mountain high enough at five Brian what's your number four my number four is. Vlad Nemesnikov's pick. Mm. This ain't a scene. It's an arms race by Fall Out Boy. Okay. I love, especially that like era of Fall Out Boy. It's, it, I had to include this one. Like I heard yeah. it when it first came out. I got excited. Uh, but no, like it's, it's a, it's a situation where I think it's a good combo of just like a fairly well-known song, but also one that's, it's kind of, it's, it's got that level of octane to it where it, would really sort of work well in a in a situation where it's hyping people up i think too yeah yeah that's a good call elliot what's your number four i'm gonna go with nate schmidt's party rock anthem (laughs) party rock (laughs) anthem makes the list wow that almost made my list (laughs) well but but i think it's also because it fits the player yes like like i I can get i can see 
Nate Schmidt scoring a big goal and it getting like at home late and Party him, rock. Yeah, yeah, him him pumping like that, like on, on his way back to the bench. That's the only, but like I said, this was not an easy list to curate. So uh, the picks yeah. are slim here. There's a lot yeah. like no, I'm not I'm not even gonna get into it right now. We're doing the list, so yeah. Um yeah, that, that was my number four. My number four. Uh, I'm not sure if I had this. I think I had this at three last year. I might have had it at four. I know it was on my list. Um, and it's one of the only returning ones. It's Magic in the Air, Josh Morrissey. Uh, I just think that really got the crowd going last year, especially since, you know, the Morrissey Magic kind of came out of nowhere and he was unbelievable last year. Uh, and I'm sure we'll hear it a fair amount of times at home this year. Um, but I, I really liked it last year. I think it's one of only two returning, or might be the only returning. I believe it is sure. the only returning. Demello, I, I think. Uh, Demello, this is right. how we do it last year as well. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So those two pretty good returning ones uh, to keep to keep from last year, and I I really like the Josh Morrissey one personally. So that comes in at number four for me. Brian, what's your number three? So I chose my number three because I don't know why it just didn't feel like. I was expecting this song out of this player. And I went with Adam Lowry's choice of Lil Boo Thing by Paul Russell. Yeah. And there's something funny about Adam Lowry scoring and hearing that, which personally, uh, love the the vibe of the song. So uh, I feel like it, it does also satisfy the requirement of having that little bit of, you know, something to, you know, play to the crowd. Um, yeah. But I just thought that it it just didn't seem, at least in my mind, to fit the player. And I thought that was great. And I think it's just guys going out there and knowing what you know, that means a popular song. So, yeah, uh, it, uh, you know, put the C on his chest, let him score some goals, bring on the Paul Russell. There you go. There you go. Simple as that. Elliot, what's your number three? My number three is Josh Morrissey's Magic in the Air. There you go. It, nice. So. I'm not, we're not going to make it any more difficult than it has to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a, it's a classic now at this point in year two, because yeah. not a lot of other things returned. Speaking of returning songs though, my number three, this is how we do it. Dylan DeMello. Uh, I just think this is, this is kind of funny in a way because Dylan DeMello, obviously not a huge point producer goal scorer. Uh, he scored the goal and we heard that, uh, against Florida and it sounded great in the arena um, but there's something funny about like a shut down defensive defenseman scoring a goal and saying like this is how we do it like he's like showing people how to score goals like he knows like he's he's a 50 goal scorer this is how we do it no it's I just find that pretty ironic pretty funny but the song is great too it fits the player um, DeMello seems like a, a quiet yet like hilarious player so um i think it fits and it's uh it comes in at number three for me i i have a feeling one of you is going to have it in the top two but brian we'll go to your number two my number two it takes me back to the first few years of the return of the jets and it's kyle connor bringing back hell yeah by rev theory which in my honest opinion was pulled as the goal song way too early. And then they had, they hadn't had like a, like a solid one for a while. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that one just, 
there's something about like it would be like the actual lyrics of the song and then as they're lining up to face off hearing the guitar solo from it just unrivaled yeah uh and i thought that him going back to that was a great sort of fan service play but it's also i love the song so um yeah. i think it, it does a good job of satisfying all fronts there and uh yeah no kyle connor rev theory uh hell yeah number two love it elliot what's your number two so connor you were right there is somebody in the top <laughs> two um and you probably were pointing it at me um but yeah this is how we do it dylan DeMello. um yeah i like the song i think it's i just think it's good for it's a, just a good goal scoring song i feel like it yeah. could be a good intro song for a bunch like for i feel like they've used it before for something else too I know it's at least in the rotation at the arena anyways. Yeah. So yeah, probably, but yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's good for, I, again, it being Dylan DeMello, not a hundred percent sure, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Either, I love either it. way. It's good. I love it. Um, my number two is the exact same as Brian's. It's hell. Yeah. Uh, I was very disappointed when they switched that for what was it? Celebrate was the next goal song that came in. We're going to sound Well, no, they, there was a couple in the middle there. And I actually thought they oh, did a good a job of uh, choosing uh, Shout by uh, right. the Isley Brothers. And I think that what they, they messed up is they didn't allow people to lean into it more and do like a call and response sort of thing. And then they went to celebrate, which I've never really been a huge fan of. No. Um, but uh, yeah, that uh, they, it was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a classic. Like you said, the guitar just gets the gets the people going. You know, um, <laughs> is it provocative? It's is provocative. That, is that, yeah, is that what we're saying? Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's a great choice. We're gonna hear it a ton, which is nice because it's Kyle Connor and he's gonna score a ton of goals. Um, but yeah, that's that had to be on my list. Never mind in the top two. It it challenged for my number one. But my number one, we'll get into. Um, now, Brian, Brian is kind of. I I think there's a clear cut number one. Brian thinks there's a clear cut number one. And he's kind of before the show. He said he's worried that we have different number ones. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, Brian, what is your top goal song for the 2023-24? So chance? I was raised listening to this artist, uh, and I think it's perfect that. The artist from or the yeah the artist from the state represents a player from the same state. Mm. I'm going. Let's go crazy by Prince for uh, Dylan Sandberg. I love Prince. I think that song as a as a like a, an entity is itself. It is such a symbol of sort of Minnesota sport, uh, sports culture and having a guy yeah. from Minnesota have this as his song it really fits for me but also having let's go crazy as a goal song when fans are undoubtedly cheering already it just it gets you going uh i just but no i grew up a print like a massive prince fan my mom introduced me to him and um i thought that him having that that was that was my clear-cut number one i knew it immediately for the record it's not mine but we'll go to elliot first <laughs> elliot number um, one so I just want to say um, honorable mention real quick to Brendan Dillon and uh, Elton John. Um, yeah. That was that I thought about making the list just because I believe that was an original song. Well, they I know they used to play it at the arena for the longest time. Um, so him kind of throwing it back to that I think is pretty cool, especially with them 
doing a bunch more retro stuff this year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's Kyle Connor. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. I, I To be honest, like I said, th- I didn't really have a clear cut number one. Like all of these, my top five are kind of probably closer than your guys' top five. To me, there's nothing that like stands out from the rest, but hell yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Obviously, Brian and I ho- both had it at number two. It's classic. It's a throwback. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. My number one, neither of you even had on your list. We have not mentioned this yet, which is unbelievable. But I do like both your guys' picks for number one. Brian, the, the whole Minnesota Prince connection for Sandberg. Again, we talk about it fitting the player. It doesn't yeah. fit the player more than that. Um, and then obviously Kyle Connor. Hell yeah, that works. But my number one, Alex, I follow with nothing but a good time. I can't believe this is not on your guys' list. I, this is just a, 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 a great song, first of all. And it just, it, it fires you up. It's a, it's a good pump up song. Um, it fits the player. Um, Alex, I follows like a, a grinder. You know what you're going to get. Um, you're going to get nothing but a good time from Alex. I follow when it's on the ice. Right. Um, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I really like this choice. It's my number one, obviously. And I'm kind of disappointed. You guys didn't even have it on your list. It was on the outside looking in. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, Unreal. just like the Jets also, will be um, after this window. This was as soon wow. as I heard it. When wow, as soon as I heard it, when he came on the ice and they introduced him, uh, I I knew it was going to be my number one honorable mention. Since we're doing that whole thing, Gabriel Velarde's Macarena. Um, I just feel like yeah, if if it's 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 weird, but it's it's awesome because if people start doing the whole Macarena dance. We're, you know, doing the whole thing that that could get people going, get people standing up, doing a dance. Um, no, but I, I love it. And we'll see how, we'll see how bad his injury is, but we hope to hear it a lot inside Canada Life Center. But mm-hmm. um, let's talk about goal, talk about goal songs and just go, oh yeah, I got to remember that. But he's uh, hurt. He's injured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's hurt. Um, yeah. I, to me, I thought about Macarena, but I was like, I don't know if I really like it in that specific setting, we'll see how he hasn't scored yet. um, So we won't know how that's going to be. But yeah, I guess Brendan Dillon's my only honorable mention. Brian, do you have honorable mention? So he actually uh, has yet to see the ice this year, really. Um, But my honorable mention is Declan Chisholm's. uh, It's Mm. tricky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I love that song. Uh, I think that one, uh, I would, if we could, I'd like to hear it at least once this year. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I don't think you you scored 20. You break AHL records and not at least get a couple games in, but I don't know if we're we're good. Well, you know what? I shouldn't be, I should be talking about that. We know what this organization is capable of. Um, so we oh, really goodness. shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we it go. So uh, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> All it takes is one word. Um, next but, thing you know, you're going to be challenging Logan Stanley to a race. Like, oh, oh, whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Already that challenging like episode Kevin eight to a fist fight street. <laughs> yeah. It was like episode like four. <laughs> and you were like, you know what? <laughs> I think I'm a better skate. Like what? Well, someone, I can't, I think it may have been me. I think one of us uh, made the comparison to Logan Stanley falling over to rolling a tree down a hill. Yeah. 
Oh my that was like God. first three, four episodes, and I have no idea how we continued to be allowed to make this after that. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Uh, yeah, well, because we run our own podcast. So no one tells us what to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like we rely yeah. on listens or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it just means that what we say people like. They're either laughing and find it funny yeah, or brought in they... a whole new audience, I guess. I'm sorry, listen, oh, if we could somehow bring Logan Stanley on and have Elliot erase him. Have Elliot face. I, I don't know if there's much else we can do. Yeah, I don't know. Look him in the eye and, and say it to his face. Yeah, I, I guess so. That's look probably the only the thing eye. you can do. <laughs> look him in the eye. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I don't know. It, it, yeah, hey, you know, we're off the rails a little bit here. We've lots to talk about. We need so. to rein we this have, in because we have too yeah. much to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's get into the games. We're not going to talk about Calgary because we're recording this on Wednesday, October 18th. That was a week ago today. The Jets lost 5-3. They outplayed them. You've heard the stories um, or read them from a week ago. But on to Florida and L.A. The first two games of this homestand. Uh, tonight, when you're hearing this, um, they'll be playing Vegas, who is undefeated, defending Stanley Cup champs. Really tough matchup. And I'm going to throw a note in at the beginning of the episode on Gabe Velarde's status because we should hear today the Jets practice at noon. Um, at the Iceplex or Hockey for All Center. So that we'll, we'll talk about later. We'll talk more about that later. But for now, the Florida and the LA games, the Jets beat Florida 6-4. They lose to LA 5-1. Uh, let's start with Florida. What were your guys' initial takeaways? Brian, I'll throw it to you first. What what did you like from the Jets' first win of the year and them putting up six six goals? That was the definition of an energy win. Um, yeah, uh, you saw it kind of from all over the place, but especially, uh, the, you know, the new, one of the two new, uh, signings, uh, with, with Shifley and he has put his full self into being Mark Shifley. Uh, and yeah. he, that involved getting a Gordie Howe hat trick, uh, and fighting, uh, Matt Kachuk, who, uh, let's be clear. You you shouldn't punch people when they're down, Matt. Um, yeah. But uh, no, I, I thought on, it was a great. You're going to try to tell Matthew Kachuk what to do. Listen, I'm a <laughs> Brady fan. I'm not a Matthew fan. <laughs> Both of them Bra- run Brady's around like they run the chant. league. So there was uh, a Brady's Bra- better Brady. Brady can rein it in a little bit more than Matthew can. But uh, no, I mean the Senators fan in me likes uh, Brady Kachuk better, but. That's beside the point. Um, mm-hmm. The game got a little bit uh, closer than I would have liked at the end, um, right. where it was very clear that there was a guard let down uh, when things were winding down a little bit, and it got a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, luckily, the uh, the empty netter put it away, but um, I'm sorry. We've seen it before where I think it was a game against Carolina either last year or the year before where they scored two or three empty netters to tie it, uh, and then... Jets ended up winning in overtime. I think that was a Josh Morrissey breakaway. Um, yeah. But they seem to not be able to handle that extra attacker very well. Uh, and uh, yeah, that made me uh, sweat a little bit. I was watching it at work and the people who were there were freaking out because also there was that post within the last minute or yeah. so mm-hmm. that would have tied it up. And uh, I'm sorry, when we have got a bar full of people watching that the, the puck that you think might go in, it gets real loud. So and then everyone was panicking. So, um, yeah, 
Yeah, I don't, it, it was it was a good game though. Like I, I really enjoyed it, and that was a real continuation of how they were playing against Calgary because they outplayed Calgary like crazy, and yeah. uh, the top line had been phenomenal. So yeah, no, I liked it a lot. Yeah, and before we get to Elliot's thoughts, the Carolina game, sorry that you mentioned, bonus was actually asked about that in the post game, and he was talking about how the Carolina game was just. They were just throwing pucks to the net and pucks were bouncing in and they couldn't really control how those were going in. It was just hitting bodies and going in this Florida game. You could not say the same, like the Florida players were earning their goals and Matthew Kachuk got a breakaway and hit the post to tie it uh, and could have sent this game to overtime. Right. That was, I don't know the decision to put out Connor Shifley Velarde. I think it was with Morsi Pionk. Like, I get it's a power play, but I don't really like that decision. I I, I think Lowry, the Lowry line or the, the second line, or sorry, not the second line, the Lowry line or the fourth line is the ideal line to kind of shut down the game at that point or, or kind of a mix of those players. But obviously, Kachuk hits the outside of the post, not the inside, and the Jets come away unscathed. But it could have ended bad. They, Florida... Absolutely could have won that game 6-5 in overtime. So um, I guess those are my entire thoughts on the game. Um, I just kind of took it over there. But Elliot, what are, what were your thoughts? Um, just to touch back on what you said, when it comes to who you're rolling out as the lines, I find it funny that last year when it was a line of like Lowry, Barron, and AJF, that would be the line that, bonus would trot out towards the end of the game for the entire night. And I get that maybe he's learned his lesson, but that's a situation where he needs to go back to what he was doing last year. Cause last year he'd throw Lowry out for like, he'd probably get five or six shifts in the last seven minutes. Like he'd be out there, out there, out there. And it felt like mm -hmm. I didn't see him or the fourth line very much towards the end of that game when they were trying to close it out. Like that's, that's when realistically you give, the top line a little bit of a break you can throw the second line out there because nino's pretty decent defensively ehlers isn't the best and perfetti's not too too bad so you can throw them out there but yeah that's when in the last couple minutes especially after they score to make it four two and they you make it close like that's when you gotta go okay nope i'm just rolling three and four right now and maybe you throw in a shift of one or two just to and keep, mix just up, to, mix up the top. Like, you up. go Nino, Perfetti, Velarde. Yeah, to go more pretty, defensive. For, yeah, right. And then that'll be your top six line, and then you play the third and fourth. I, I, I didn't really like that decision. But when we look at the, we've got the hockey stat card up. If you're on YouTube, when we look at the analytics, Brian was talking about how the top line was rolling, and they did in this one. I mean, Connor Shifley, Velarde just absolutely crushed their minutes. Um, Morrissey again up there, he's up there a lot. Perfetti, Schmidt, Niederreiter, Baron, Pionk with a good game analytically. Um, he actually has looked good in the first two games. The LA game, I don't think anyone looked good, so you can't really uh just single out Pionk in that one. But well, we can yeah, say ultimately he has not been the worst defenseman on the ice this year. No, yeah, and that's that's a step up for Pionk. I mean, he's he's had the two yeah. rough years in a row now. Um how was he going to bounce back? It's we're only three games in, but 
it's looking a, a little bit better uh, from his point of view. But again, the top line, I think, is the story here. Uh, in game yeah. one, two, the, the stat card looked very similar to this. They crushed their minutes. Um, and then let's let's go to the L.A. game because oh. it's very different. Oh. It's very different. Um, Alex Ifolo is up there. Gabriel Velarde, who left the game in the first period, is up there. That should tell you all you need to know, that a guy that left in the first period is second on this stat card. Basically, because everyone played longer than him, got shelled in their minutes, so they're below him. Uh, Shifley, Nemesikov. You can't even... Like, Shifley, Nemesikov on this stat card would be at the bottom of the Florida one. But yeah. they're third and fourth, right? So this this was a rough game all around uh, from the Jets. They they came out flying in the first. Uh, Gabriel Velarde obviously goes down with the right knee injury. And Ehlers, after the game, said... You know, he wants to say that this didn't affect them mentally mm-hmm. because you want to be, you want to say that you just powered through. But when a guy like Velarde, who has been through a ton of injuries in the past, goes through another one, uh, you you can't help but wonder, right? So it kind of took the wind out of their sails because they were flying to start the game. Um, they crushed the Kings in the first period, but then obviously lost the game 5-1. So something went wrong there. Um, what were your guys' thoughts, Elliot? I'll start with you on PL Dubois return to Winnipeg and the Jets getting smoked at home. I think you have to begin with that out of the nine periods that this team has played so far, periods eight and nine have been their worst or were obviously yeah. their worst, like not even close. You can't debate it. I still think that that first period, even a little bit at, for a good chunk after Velarde got hurt, they were still all right, but in in this game, it just as soon as he went, all their momentum was zapped as soon as he went down, and it just felt like I know you made mention on Twitter yesterday during the game saying bonus was just trying to roll whoever on that top line. Like yeah. sometimes it was Nemesnikov, sometimes it was Ehlers, sometimes it was whoever. Kupari even got a yeah. couple shifts there. Um, I think that just him rolling all these lines and then trying to deal with some losing somebody on the power play and this and that, like it's, it's tough. And I, I completely get where Ehlers is coming from where you want to just say like, no, we powered through, like we at least made the close game, but like as soon as he went down and the LA had a chance to regroup and kind of figure out and kind of readjust themselves game was over after the first intermission like it it, it wasn't even yeah, close yeah. like after the after that um if you guys don't already know follow us on twitter um i've been running the uh game threads and i think i said a couple times doing the lfp game thread saying jets aren't gender like we're just not generating anything right now and i understand that has to do with the kings like to set up their game in the neutral zone especially once they're up, they want to kind of slow the game down. These, these more trap it up sort of games fit their style of play. And so as soon as they went up and the jets are already, it's like when you're playing uh football and like 11 aside soccer, if you want to call it soccer, I call it football. <laughs> um, when you're playing football and you, someone on your team gets a red card and you're down a man and the other team scores. Most teams stop pressing, like they'll either start pressing more to try to just get you to turn over and then they start time wasting. That's kind of what the Kings were doing here. They went up to nothing. And then after that, it was trap it up, 
just end the game here middle of the, like as soon as they scored their second goal, um, they just kind of tried to end the game from there. Um, yeah. Just to quickly touch on Dubois. Um, of course he had the score. Um, couldn't have yeah. done it any other way. He had the score. Um, I will say I liked all the tweets on Twitter. People saying calling him a coward um, for not doing a I can't hear you uh, celebration or something <laughs> more comical. Um, but I still think that, yeah. I thought actually, you know what? To be quite honest, and I hate this isn't the LA Kings podcast. Mm-hmm. I actually thought he had a good game yesterday. He actually looked like he was alert and playing, but we know why that is. Um, <laughs> he had one of, his, some of, the, yeah. one of his on games, right? Yeah. Well, I thought the media was quite funny too um, when it comes to uh, some of the questions they were asking him. Like one of the reporters for uh, Bally Sports that does the Kings asked him a question. I can't, I must have been in between the in between the second and third period. Um, something along the, the effect of like, you can want to be here, but you can also be like looking for opportunity. Like it was something along those lines of like, we know you like Winnipeg, but like, you you should be allowed to like look for other places to play if you don't want to play here or something like that. And even Pierre Luc Dubois like smiled and like looked really confused. Like why why are we not talking about the game? This is like off season talk. Um, but yeah, he was all flustered. It was quite funny. But uh, yeah, I just thought the Jets could have played twenty times better. But it also doesn't help when your top right winger goes down five minutes yeah. into the game. Yeah. That now we we to be fair, we have been talking about how this is the deepest team they've had since 2017. So Velarde going down early shouldn't completely derail the game. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's a human element, but I mean from a deployment standpoint, from a analytical standpoint, it shouldn't be uh Gabriel Velarde separates them from being dominating LA to getting dominated by LA. I don't think he has a big impact on this team. And if he misses a long period of time, that'll be shown, but I don't know if it's that big. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. Right. And especially in a game I wrote in my takeaways piece, especially in a game where Cole Perfetti takes yet another hit directly to the numbers. Um, and as he put it, has his face smeared against the boards, which is exactly what it looked like. Uh, but Cole Perfetti again, two feet away from the boards. He's just dumping the puck in. That's what he said. He thought he had established his numbers. He thought he did a good job of protecting himself. He's not really a threat to score. Uh, and the guy just hits him right in the numbers. And there's not really much he can do. His neck bends sideways. Could have been a really scary play. He popped right up and he was fine. And then two minutes later, of course, because because it was uncalled, uh, and, the ref, and the Jets ended up on the, on the kill because Sandberg jumped in. Uh, then the game gets out of hand. Mark Shafley's spinning people around and taking them down in the scrum. Cole Perfetti's trying to defend himself. Yeah, uh, Perfetti started a fight. Like... Yeah, because he, <laughs> he was like, screw it. I mean, if I have to defend myself, I have to defend myself. Um, and then, yeah, the game got out of hand in a way. But that that hit. What were your guys' thoughts? I mean, that's the fact it went uncalled or the Jets ended up on the kill was kind of mind-boggling to me. But... Brian, what what were your initial reactions when you saw that Perfetti get hit yet again? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get too far into it because it's easy for us to just start rambling about the officiating because it wasn't consistent. But I think right. the, the bigger issue here is uh, that uh, it's just another situation where he's buried into the boards uh, and 
it's it's a player safety thing. And there was also uh, a argument that was made that really it should be up to Perfetti to, um, you know, protect himself in those situations by not being in those positions. But no, the onus is never on the guy who gets hit because he's just doing his own thing. The onus is on the guy who decides I'm going to bury this guy in the numbers face first into the boards. That's not, that's, it doesn't matter about protecting yourself when that's happening. Like, yeah, you can prepare yourself to be hit, but it's, there's a reason it's an illegal hit. You're not allowed to hit someone from behind. If it's illegal, you shouldn't have to prepare yourself for it. That's the whole thing here. So no, I, I've got a, yeah. I I could probably go for another forty minutes just on the the officiating, but uh, uh, ultimately, regardless of how good or bad it was, uh, it didn't really matter based on how the Jets were playing. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'm gonna say, Brian, um, you were forgetting something when you're speaking about the refs. You should have said the officiating. Because oh. I I I well, don't. That's think what the they're... league deems correct. <laughs> multiple brawls multiple brawls and a a player getting a two a five and a ten yeah but my question is is here's my question to both of you and i thought i knew the um i thought i knew hockey rules and penalties quite well normally when you get a 10 game it's called a 10 game misconduct like a 10 10 minute sorry misconduct and you're done Hmm. i had to correct myself because I realized that Samberg got a two, a five, and a ten, and still returned to the game. Yeah, if it's I just think, a ten, you can come back. But I thought the ten meant that's a ten ten minute game misconduct. No, and I thought no. that's how the, how it was ten is ten, presented. Game is game. Okay, uh, I thought it was presented as a ten minute game misconduct, and then I saw Samberg out there late in the th- like late in the third because I hadn't even noticed that he was out there again. And I'm like, why is he out there? I thought it was a game, but if that's the case, then. But I just I think that we don't need to get into the officiating. Like we could literally do episode fifty one right after this and talk about the <laughs> officiating and do a full full episode. Um, if you want to go see my thoughts on the officiating, you can again. Uh, go to the Twitter account because I made a couple jabs at that. But yeah, and the officiating, like Perfetti after the game, it's kind of like shrugged it off. It is what it is. If the ref saw it as a clean play, he like what what is what else are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna have to take his word for it and just move on, right? Um, but yeah, like you said, Brian, it's never really on the guy that's receiving the the hit directly to the numbers a foot away from the boards. Um, I will say Perfetti takes a lot of those hits. It seems like he's always the one receiving them. And uh, he said, he said he always thinks about finding ways to protect himself. And he thought in that moment he had established his numbers and he was in a good spot, but um, it didn't end up that way. And he gets crunched. And if you, if like playing the imagination game, if, if he did get hurt from that play, that's two top six players out um yeah with Velarde and him with a team that we've talked about health is probably the biggest component to them being a playoff team in the west mm-hmm. because Perfetti hasn't been healthy Ehlers wasn't healthy last year Velarde was his yeah. first healthy season last year he played 60 games he didn't even play the full 82 right so yeah. health is huge we'll get an update on Velarde that yeah. situation kind of is what it is but in terms of Perfetti and that second line which hasn't produced yet in three games 
Um, they've got to get going. They've got to stay healthy. Yeah, they've got to get some run. My like, only thing about Perfetti is they are they, the Jets have already had to put him back to his natural position because of risk of injury. I I said this. To, I yeah. messaged the guys last night. So I said it's out of necessity too, though, right? Like they well, lose yeah, it's out of necessity. But like it's also out of okay, he's supposed to be safer down the middle. Like I, I, I like I said, I texted the guys last night and I said, I don't want to see a situation where Perfetti either pulls an Andrew Luck and decides that he has to retire early because he can't take any more hits because the league can't figure out how to s- stop illegal hits from happening, or he has to retire because he's been hurt too many times, or he gets a career ending injury. Like we we don't need to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Like that we've already moved the Jets have already moved the position out of necessity, but also to protect him, it doesn't need to go any further than that. And for some reason, the NHL, the officiating, and I guess the players too can't figure out how to keep everybody safe. Because I don't know why guys want to hit. Like I get if it's an accident, and I get if the player comes out and says. That was my bad. I thought he had established blah, blah, blah. It was an accident. But when someone runs at somebody like that and it's clearly an intent to get a dirty hit in when you have the opportunity, I don't get why guys want to do that because they should know that either A, somebody else is coming after them or B, then they're the next target to get hurt. Right? Yeah. It, and then it becomes a targeting game and then then that's when it really gets out of hand, which We've seen it happen before. Guys do that all the time. They circle games on their calendar, especially guys like the Ryan Reeves, the the bigger guys. When they know somebody got hurt on somebody, they circle the next time they play them and they look for them. And then it becomes an issue. So we'll have to see. But yeah, it just, it needs to, Perfetti moving positions on necessity and for injury risk, it should stop there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, hit has to be called in the game yeah plain and simple um whether it's perfetti or anyone else and um, i think there should if, be a high like like there should be a high penalty like it shouldn't just be a two-minute minor for that like it should be yeah 10 i think or i think there's a debate severe. i think there's well, a debate to be had for two or five there i my, i think it's boarding two minutes my issue is also this the the thing is there's two arguments here one, either the officials police the game by calling the penalties that need to be called, or the players uh, police the game by taking things into their own hands. Uh, right. Neither happened on that play because Sandberg took things into his own hands because of the dirty hit, and he was the only one who came out to with the penalty there. Yeah, like yeah. like there's like like you get to a point where it's like, okay, what do you want? Do you want the players to police themselves or do you want the officials to take control of things? Because neither are happening here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it it was ridiculous and they did absolutely let the game get out of hand. And it did in the late second period into the third, before we get into the attendance, um, because we do want to talk about that. What do you think if, if, Velarde misses one game or however many games he misses say for Thursday against Vegas. Um, my thoughts on the lines is you move. I follow up to play with Connor and Shifley that kind of replaces Velarde the best. I'd think kind of a defensively responsible winger 
Um, and then in Ayafala's spot, you move Nemesikov up and go Nemesikov, Larry Appleton. Would you guys, do you guys see it the same way in terms of if Velarde misses time, where does the shuffling happen? I think it's pretty clear cut. That's what you do. But Brian, what, what are your thoughts? See, I, I think that makes sense. I just find it interesting that there wasn't a move to do that last night. Like I know there was some shuffling around, but at the end of it all, yeah, you essentially you had Nemesnikov move up, and that was kind of what stuck. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they want to split that third line for whatever reason. Like I don't understand why there's a latching on to a third line, but like, yeah, you've. I think there's there's a couple options here, and there's there's op- there's safe options. Uh, there's non-destructive options and there's uh, we'll see what happens because it's early in the season options. And that that's that third option that's more interesting to me is because I'd actually be curious to see how a Rasmus Kupari, who I thought had a great game against LA, um, yeah. how he would do with guys like uh, Shifley and Connor. Obviously, that puts a lot of responsibility on him because let's be real, those two don't have a sparkling defensive record. Um, which is someone like an IFL or an Amestikov uh, would help accommodate for. Right. Uh, but I'll be honest, like last night we saw flashes of why he was a first round pick. Um, yeah. So if you can somehow find something out of that, at least if it's in like an, like for a couple games, just to see if it works, it's early enough in the year that if you find, uh, find out that he can hang with this top line, then suddenly you've got better options. Um, I do think though that the safe option, probably what they're going to end up doing is either going with either I have follow or Nemestikov, or they're just going to bump Ehlers up and figure out the second line. Yeah. Bumping Ehlers up. I just, I don't know. I guess you can give that line all the offensive zone starts and just let them cook offensively. But yeah, I, that's kind of like a, we're just trying to outscore the other team's option. And for a team that's given up five four and five in their three games. Uh, yeah. They might get heard you trying to do that. <laughs> yeah. They're already they, trying yeah. to outscore the other teams. I wouldn't be shocked if Bersois gets a start tonight um, against Vegas. When you're listening to this tonight, obviously it's not tonight, but yeah. The revenge, Elliot, what, game. The, the revenge game. Elliot, what, what, how would you shake up the lines if Filardi misses any amount of time? So I'm in agreement with Brian when it comes to short term. Um, I actually think that, Putting Kupari looked all right on, and we mm-hmm. talk, we've already mentioned that he played on that first first line a couple times. I thought that he actually looked not too bad on that first line, um, but I do think that the Jets probably make the safer decision and go with an Ayafalo or a Nemesikov. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and in case it's not just one game, Connor, you and I had talked to Murad Atesh of the Athletic, and we asked mm-hmm. him what would happen if a player in obviously in the bottom six gets hurt. That's where they just throw in, you throw in David Gustafson, whatever da, 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 you call up a Parker Ford. But right. we talked about if a player in the top six is out and for a significant period of time, what he thought the jets would do. And he thought there'd be a call up. So yeah, I, th- well, I the, think there I will think be the... a Go call ahead. up. Okay. If, if, if Velarde's out, we're speculating. Uh, mm-hmm. If he's out, two three months there will be a call up no matter what it's just a matter of whether it's Chaz lucius and brad lambert um or mm-hmm. one like one of those two or it's a parker ford and they bump everyone up the lineup yeah i i can't see them doing that this early in the season i i i just can't um but 
we'll we'll figure that out um mm-hmm. today how severe that injury really is and what the the update really is um we're gonna take a quick break brian's got to get out of here um so if you want to say any closing remarks on episode 50 brian take it away uh because i'm missing it um let me just say this uh the attendance discussion that you guys are going to have without me um this is the result of having several years of mediocrity and a boring game day experience uh and prices going up it's a combination of those three things that have driven things to the way they are uh and i'm sure you guys will expand on it but uh yeah, no, I've got many thoughts on the matter that I could probably ramble, but I have to uh I have to run. So folks, enjoy the rest of the <clears throat> Jesus. <laughs> enjoy the rest of the episode. Uh and uh I'll be back next week. Episode fifty one. Episode fifty one. Let's do it. Um all right. See ya, Brian. And Elliot and I are going to continue with the attendance discussion when we come back. Welcome back into episode 50. Brian has left us here at the bolt, but I've still got Elliot here and we have an important discussion to have. Uh, the Jets last night, Pierre Luke or PL Dubois returned to Canada Life Center. 11,226 people. The capacity of Canada Life Center is 15,321, I believe. Yeah. Um, it's around 15, uh, mid 15,000. It's, it's increased. 15, it used to be it what, has. like 14 or 13 or something like this? It used somewhere. to be like 15 on the nose, I think. Yeah. And like 15 and like two. Uh, now yeah. it's 15,300 or whatever, right? Yeah. And I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because it's a very interesting topic. It has a lot of Jets fans panicking. Uh, and honestly, kind of rightfully so when the LA Kings come to town and it's Dubois return and it's hyped up as a big game and the arena's only two thirds full or four fifths full, um, not even four fifths. Yeah. It was, I think 74%. So yeah, pretty close. Um, I, 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 my thoughts right now, I, I, I have thoughts, but I'll defer to you first. <laughs> um, so I think it's a, it's a combination of a couple things. I think number one, the biggest thing and the most important thing when it comes to a franchise should be your fans. The Jets have yeah. either a neglected their fans and also B they have threatened them. It, it, inadvertently that, and advertently. Um, so for, for people who don't know, yeah. because <laughs> saying that, hold on. Yeah, the, there's the Forever Winnipeg ad um, that they put out. I think it was last year. Yeah, at the end the of the ad, season. Yeah, and in the ad, uh, I think they showed the team moving to Atlanta or like the shot of the Jets in their last game saying bye to the fans on the ice there. And they were saying like, never again. Um, you, you know, like we've got to show up for this team because never again do we want this to happen, right? And it's kind of like, okay, well, that's kind of a, a threat that you could just move the team again. But anyway, that's how fans took it, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, just to add context. To yeah. What you're saying. Now, yeah. inadvertently, is also throwing up a banner saying five days a week that you can fly to Atlanta <laughs> in the arena. Thanks right. to when, when it is... an international airport. Um, so yeah. I'm not sure how that was allowed to do. Uh, yeah, I know you're, you're cringing over there. Um, I, I don't get that at all. I, I like, at like all. just, just put up, 
you can fly to the States five times a yeah. week. Like, you don't need to say Atlanta. Like, it, it, it may, I, no, you know what? We're not even going to go there. Um, we're not even going to say that there's some sort of conspiracy that they saw that the building was empty. So they wanted that picture to no, go viral so that no. people would come. No, they're not that, like, they're, they're not that no. poor thingy. But I think it also, funny enough, I think it has to do with, like Brian mentioned, some of it has to do with ticket prices, but it's not even that. Like I, I almost bought tickets for Thursday's game to go with my girlfriend, um, and they would be forty four dollars to sit in the upper bowl. But the difference is, is they're verified resale tickets, so it's people who have bought tickets and wanting to sell them back. But that's what, like, I will say that's one way to easily refill up the building is having these resale tickets go on sales and repurchase them. But then again, you go and find a game that hasn't had all their standard tickets sold and it's 60, $80. Like even like, and, and that's to say that was $44 for section three. Oh, I can't remember, but it was like three twelve or three something up in the yeah. upper bowl in the corner, like third last row resale tickets for Thursday's game. Or I guess tonight's game, if you're listening to this uh, when the day that we rec- uh, right. release it, um, it's still like two hundred and eighty dollars to sit in like section one hundred eight, middle of the section, and that's one ticket, and that's the resale ticket. That's not even the original price ticket. So yeah, it's it's easy to get in the building, but then as soon as those cheaper tickets sell, then nobody wants to buy even the resale tickets because they're still too expensive. Yeah. Now concessions are also an issue. So people don't want to pay for like Connor and I were talking about it. He different event, but it's still kind of life center. It's still their same pricing. Um, Connor, you said you had gone to the Daniel Caesar concert and <laughs> yeah. you, you bought an alcohol. We're not going to say what it was, but you bought an alcoholic drink. Just one. You were overage, everything like we're all safe over here. <laughs> yeah. This is not a, uh, yeah, it's not a secret. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, you bought a drink and it was quite expensive, but you also had the pop on to it. And you said it ended up being like thir- 20 or 30 something dollars. Yeah. And and it's like, okay, I don't want to like, and this is, I know we're in a different economy than we were back in like 2008 to 2010. My dad and I used to have season tickets to moose games mm-hmm. and he used to buy me end of the first period. It was like before the game, we used to always buy, hot dog or pizza or whatever that used to be cheap right. that used to be like dollar fifty two dollars whatever we'd get a pop that was dollar fifty he yeah. used to buy me in between either the, like at the first intermission or the second intermission he'd buy me another pop and a popcorn from not even one of the main stands it was always we bought it one because it was cheaper um but two like it was easier to get to the carts that were mm-hmm. sitting outside but like i used to be able to walk up with a five and buy a popcorn and a drink and still get change back. Now, if I hand the guy a five, that's just for the popcorn. Like now I'm pulling out a 10 and I don't yeah. get change. Like I get zero to any change, like literally not no change or li- minimal back. Yeah. Like that's why I go, like I've gone to concerts. I've gone to Jets games. I've gone to Moose games or even this summer when I was going to see Bears games when I wasn't credentialed and for me to sit there and fork over money was difficult. Like there, there was at least one, there was one or two games where I went and I believe there was a Jets game last year where I didn't buy anything. 
because I had paid over a hundred dollars for tickets for myself and my girlfriend. And I didn't want to spend any more money because yeah. why, why do I want to fork over another $40? Because there are con- there's concerts where I've gone and I check my account and I check my balance and I check my history and I go, oh my God, I just spent $80 on like four drinks and some food. Like I, I, yeah. I could have gone to, like, I, I hate to say this, but I could have gone to like the keg or a restaurant and gotten like a steak dinner and like and a drink and and also treated my girlfriend as well and paid like 90 bucks and been like wow that was a really great meal and it was healthy for me like isn't the whole point of i know this is completely devolving away from the attendance numbers but isn't the whole point of processed foods and pop and stuff like that and junk food is that it's cheaper to make so you can sell it cheaper so more people will buy it yeah i mean the, but the that's having away from the completely different thing of what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about but that's my conception in my head it's cheaper to make so you're still making a profit you don't need to like completely jump the profit margins to make a profit here like it it doesn't need yeah. to happen but I, think- I still think it has to do with i think it's again the number one thing and this is the last thing i will say um it's it's the fans it, it it's it has to do with how they've treated their fans and how and for what they've done with this team and the message that they are sending yeah i think it definitely has to do with that i think the the overarching like there's a lot of reasons uh also the fact that the on ice product hasn't changed in four years right the jets have been in the mushy middle they bring back hellebuck and shifley okay this is great for the organization but it's the same team. Like they're they're really it's the same core. It's Connor Shifley, Hellebuck, Morrissey. Uh, they're going to be the eighth, seventh, sixth seed in the West. Maybe you'll see a pl- few playoff games, and that'll be that, right? Um, so fans have maybe grown fatigue with the way that the Jets season always seems to end. Uh, but I think the the and then you also talked about the prices of things and parking. I parked mm-hmm. at the first game against florida in the library because you know it's my first ever game that i'm covering i I parked in the good spots i bought the press box meal i was i didn't really care but i ended up spending 21 dollars on parking 21 dollars that is if you're if you are saying that the the tickets resale are 44 dollars, i spent half my ticket on parking alone yeah like that's that's kind of like winnipeg loves a discount winnipeg loves free parking right twenty dollars on parking and then you go inside and you spend fifteen dollars on popcorn and a pop like you said it just all adds up and we're getting to the the my point which is the overarching part of all of this is the economy that we're in and the fact that people can't shell out hundreds of dollars for every jets game anymore right yeah um and why would you spend 150 dollars to go to a jets game when you could watch it at home um you'll already have your your adult beverages in the fridge right you're not spending yeah. 14 on a on a craft, craft beer, beer. You, you've already got it in the in the fridge downstairs you've got it loaded up um the 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 on tv product is great like dan robertson and kevin sawyer do a great job on tsn so it's not like you're missing out on some like groundbreaking innovative experience right yeah i i don't 
blame people and it sucks because when the jets came back they had how many thousands of people on the waiting list for season tickets and now the building is three quarters full in a game that was hyped up for a long time now like i said it's the it's the economy people aren't aren't sending out hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go watch the jets especially when the on ice product hasn't changed the in-game experience hasn't changed uh the concourse finally changed this year but that was long overdue they, they but, made good changes and then yeah they made the it, concourse it, changes. the prices of everything are gonna go up yeah right? it, it it just it, it that's that's my issue great you shelled out the the figure that's out there is 13 million dollars to do all these concession changes no that's not what we like that's great I, that's great that there's more options they're being more inclusive i like that they're doing that but my thing is is it just means that more money you have to shell out at a game like yeah. nowhere are the prices coming down and the i i get that everyone like and the jets will say oh well we need to make the money because we're losing here and there and because of the economy we need the prices up okay great but everybody else is so if you don't start to either make a change yourself in terms of on ice product or some sort of other incentive that you can get people to come to games people aren't going to pay because they're going to go well you're still as much as you're in trouble because you're not making as much money. You're still making money hand over fist. Yeah. So why am I going to shell out my dollars if I'm going to, especially last night? So the people that didn't want to go to that game got vindicated because <laughs> the, the the Jets get smoked five one. They don't look good for two periods. You essentially paid for one good period of play, and you just shelled out half of your month's rent on popcorn trips and a beverage. Like how much I, popcorn I, do you buy? <laughs> a lot, a lot. Yeah. I normally get the big bag, but yeah. um, well, and that's why I, that's why it's like $8. I don't know. Yeah. I can go to, I hate to say this. We're not sponsored to be clear, but I can go to co-op and buy like the huge bag of popcorn for $2. Like yeah. your point of you have everything. It's it's literally the meme of, I want this. Well, we have whatever it is at home. Yeah. Right. Like it's literally. I want to go to the Jets game. No, we have the Jets at home, and you put it on the TV. You grab your two dollars and fifty cent bag of chips. That's more than what they offer at the arena. Like unless you're going to keep the prices the same, and offer similar products for the same similar pricing that you can get outside. Or even just, to, like, I understand you have to make a profit, so you have to bump it up a little bit. Yeah. But I shouldn't be paying $5 for a hot dog when I can go and get, like, a thing of wieners for, like, 5 bucks and pay for buns and eat as many as I want. And put yeah. as much, like, I can put whatever I want. Like, I can, I can put bacon on it. I can put cheese on it and do it for cheaper than, yeah. and do it more times than I would at a Jets game. But I understand that they have to make a profit margin, but it doesn't mean you need to increase the price by $3 or $4. Like yeah, it can go right. up 50, 75 cents. And if you, I, I'm not saying I'm a business student, but if you know anything about business, you know that the more product that's sold, yes, you're, you're, you may not be maximizing your profit margins, but over the course of time, as things are being bought, you're still making a profit. You're still going to make a somewhat close to maybe not the exact same amount of money but it's close enough and it's and all it would take is just to bump the prices down at least just for concessions if we're talking there and it would make fans happy 
there have been so many years of fans complaining about pricing for everything. Just yeah. bump it down slightly. I, I I understand that you need to do that, but right now, and you can Connor, you can attest to this. I would rather spend thirty dollars or twenty dollars either a on a moose game. Like moose game tickets are thirty bucks. I'd rather do that. I get the concessions are still high, but the product right now is going to be so much more fun than some Your Jets players. games. The play, the younger players, there's going to be more flashy plays. It's going to be more unpredictable. You don't know what product you're going to get. But the other thing is, is I'd also rather pay the 20 bucks. I know they're increasing their prices by like $5, but I would have rather last summer paid 20 bucks to go to a Seabears game. The, the, like, I, yeah. I, I know I'm a basketball guy and I can be, I'm, that sounds a little biased, but it felt like every time I paid for a, a ticket to a game, until I was credentialed, it felt like my I got my money's worth, even if they lost. Yeah, like it felt it, like I was getting my money's worth. It's it's that's like I don't blame you at all for for having that thought. I don't blame any of the fans at all because the truth is, in Canada, people are trying to save money everywhere they can, and if it means not going to a Jets game here and there. Like a Jets game is a luxury financially, right? Like that's, it's a lot of money to go to four or five Jets games a year, even never mind having season tickets, right? At the end of the day, people are trying to save money and you can't blame people for trying to save money. Um, yeah. We'll see how the attendance is because it'll be at the forefront. Everyone's going to be talking about it. We're going to see what it is on Thursday against the defending Stanley cup champions who are undefeated with, <laughs> A million Manitobans on their roster. Like, this is another game that should do well attendance-wise. Like, Vegas is not a small draw in terms of, like, oh, Vegas. Like, I'm not going to go to the Arizona Coyotes game. No, I whatever. I'll save my money. Like, Vegas is a big, big team, right? So this... this $44. They should, they should <laughs> sell more tickets than LA. It should be closer to the home opener, which was 13000 Um, But, yeah. We'll, we'll, we will see and we will talk about it next week because it is something to monitor for sure. Yeah. Um, spend 25 minutes on this topic. Um, <laughs> we said we were going to do like 510 talking about yeah. it. Yeah, we both got pretty fired up about it. So and I know it's a I big did. issue. It is a big issue for, for Winnipeggers, for Jets fans. So it's, yeah. it's definitely something to note. Um, yeah, let's get out of here. Episode 50. We wanted it to be a long one, you know, to kind of celebrate the 50th episode. Um, so I think, I think we got our wish. Like an hour, an hour and 20. I yeah, think we might at, be hour and a half. We might be. Um, so if you're still hanging around, thanks for, thanks for sticking with us. Um, and we'll be back next week. Hopefully there's, you know, the storylines have kind of calmed down, calmed down a bit and we can just kind of update you guys on what's going on. But yeah, huge week coming up for the Jets. They get Vegas tonight. When you're listening to this, they get Edmonton Saturday and then they get, St. Louis next Tuesday, which mm -hmm. is a 7.45 p.m. puck drop, Central Time. Now, you want to talk about something to watch for ticket sales. That is something to watch for ticket sales. 7.45 puck and drop. And why is that? Was, that? was that just because the random game, or is it because that's the day that they're doing all those games? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember standard. if that was the day. So every single team in the NHL is playing that night, and every game is staggered. So there's a game at 6, 6.15, 6.30, 6.45, instead of five games starting at six right yeah. it's going to be nhl red zone type of ordeal there's going to be all this 
cool stuff that's going to be awesome um so it's going to be interesting to see what a 7 45 p.m puck drop looks like at canada life center but yeah that, that's the week coming up obviously velarde the biggest news i'll include a note at the start of the episode because i'm going to be heading to jets practice in about an hour here but this will be yesterday when you're listening to this so um we'll we'll see what the news is there but unless you've got anything anything else i think we're good to get out of here i i, th- I think we're i think we're good to get out of here other than once again thank you everybody um yeah if you don't uh shameless plug uh follow us on all social medias our personals and the lfp account at level flight wpg tell someone you know about level flight podcast tell yeah. them you like it tell them give it a give it a shot give it a listen leave, leave a review hour and a half leave a review yeah you know support us a little bit we we really appreciate hit the like it. button subscribe it. do all that oh, yeah. all, all, all the gimmicky stuff just do it <laughs> i don't think we need to say it anymore Let's you probably it. hear it enough in the content you already listened to besides yeah, us enough. so yeah we really appreciate it getting to episode yeah. 50 is huge for us and we couldn't do it without you so on that note, let's get out of here. Episode 50, it was a blast. We overcame some early Wi-Fi issues, but yep. yeah. All right. Unlike we'll the Jets, we couldn't overcome some uh, some adversity. But Here we go. Game three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> Game three. Here we go. No. Um, all right. Let's get out of here. Thank right. you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you. Peace. You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. 